Hi, my name is Carolyn Madeira, and I am your host of A Look Into Climate Change, From Environmental Urgency to Individual Sustainability. Today, we will be focusing more on individual sustainability, as my, me and my guest hosts talk about student leadership in high school and how that can play a role in student and parents' environmental consciousness and sustainability. For context, I go to school at the Episcopal Academy. It is located outside the Philadelphia region in Pennsylvania the, in the United States. It is a small private school and there's a lot of student activism and leadership when it comes to the environment. However, is it enough? But when we look at the teachers, are we actually really doing enough as a school when you can look at are we doing enough as a school when you look at the administration? What have they been doing? Let's find out as we discuss these questions with my a fellow um, member of the community and one of my teachers, Ms. Bertucci. Mrs. Bertucci is the technical director at my school, the Episcopal Academy. She's also my school director and ambassador for the Global Youth Leadership Institute, also known as GYLI, a program that teaches high school students all over the U.S. leadership. you've been working at EA? I don't even know that. Uh, I've been working at EA. This is going to be the end of my 12th year. That's long. Has. <laughs> That's like, I think, as many years as I've been there. Yeah. yeah. We would have started in the same year, Caroline. Wow. <laughs> it's almost like I was that just like grab a jigsaw, pre-K. I'm ready. <laughs> What drew you to GYLI? Like, what started all of that? Because you're the one that brought it to EA, right? No, actually, GYLI was at EA before I actually even started there. Um, It is something that uh, came with uh, Mr. Brandon, um, who has since left and is now um, working in Chicago. But uh, this program's been around for a while. It actually started after 9-11, and I'm not sure when it actually came to a fiscal that, but it was definitely before I got there. Um, I got involved because Mr. Clay was doing uh, it in Simple Palomara, and they both were like talking about how there was an amazing opportunity, and they had such a great time, and I kind of said, like, that seems like a really cool thing. I kind of want to do that. That that seems like it's up my alley. So um, I started asking around and ended up uh, being able to take students on year one. Um, and at the time, the year one program was actually out of Milwaukee. Uh, so they actually did a tall ship uh, sail out of Milwaukee. Uh, and then after that, I don't think there's been a summer that I haven't done a GYLI trip up until this year. Lucky. Yeah, well, it was cool because I I actually led a trip for GYLI, and then I would go participate in, like, year two. So I'd, like, lead a trip and take a trip, and it was kind of cool to have both of those, like, experiences at the same time. Yeah. That's, that, 
looks really interesting, yeah. So, when you look at all of the projects that you've seen and like all of the like groups that have come through, all the different grades, like what's changed with the A over the years with that with the GYI? GYLI has done a lot of projects, um, and, and a lot of them are kind of what I would call below the radar projects, you know, not things that people are like shouting from the rooftops, like, look at this thing. Um, and actually, I think that's the beauty of what GYLI does is that it's like a behind the scenes, like working, um, working for the good of all of the community and not necessarily for the recognition. So, some of our projects um, involved working with our cafeteria, um, and we got rid of styrofoam to go containers and ended up we switched them over to um, biodegradable ones and then eventually to reusable ones um, we've got water bottle fillers installed throughout campus so that we would stop using like the plastic one-time use water bottles um, we had at one time um, students actually joined our uh, sustainability committee so there was a faculty and staff sustainability committee and the GYLI group actually kind of joined in on that started working with them in terms of getting initiatives started and working on things. Uh, we, this particular year, we're doing composting. Uh, we have a composter outside of our cafeteria at Woodshop, and so our students have taken over our composting program. Uh, they've been really awesome in terms of getting the materials, because you also have to get brown matter, and um, they've, they've been, they once it got started, it was a really cool thing to kind of see them do. Um, We've done projects for mental health, we've done projects um, uh, for identity work. So there's a lot of things that um, GYLI is involved in. Uh, one of the four pillars is sustainability, but there are three other pillars, um, which are collaborative leadership, um, multicultural identity and religious pluralism, in addition to that sustainability. So there are, uh, uh, there are projects that encompass all of that, um, but there's been a really big push in terms of sustainability. They also created an eco-action eco club um, and that was something that we had for a while. They gave chapel presentations to lower school and middle school. Uh, they worked on an Earth Day. So there's been a bunch of different uh, initiatives that have stemmed from this uh, youth leadership program. Have you seen, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of projects over the years. Have you seen a change in like the school's like mindset, mentality through these or? So that's always an interesting thing that I always ask the students is, you know, this isn't just about the, the kids that go on the trip, you know, we really are working on changing culture and changing, you know, our school culture and the way that we view sustainability. And I do think we are making strides in that, in that you know, that change is never fast, even if we want it to be. But if you have our fingers and like everybody knows how to recycle and knows what is compostable and like... We, we want that kind of thing to just happen and unfortunately that's just not how life works um, and so you know we really haven't tried really hard in terms of, of making those those life changes right that's a lifestyle change and a culture change versus just an immediate like change and you know there's been times when people are like I don't know why we had to get rid of the to-go containers or I don't know why we had to do that and when the students like broke it down for them then they're kind of like oh we use 50,000 styrofoam containers a year oh that's scary oh that makes more sense of why we're doing this and so I think you know getting the, that information out there and, and using GYLI as that kind of 
um, bridge in terms of giving giving the information of why we're doing certain things has really helped change some of our perspectives. Do I think we're you know 100% sustainable, zero carbon footprint, all of those things? Absolutely not. Um, and that that's just part of you know reality that we're not necessarily going to be able to like get there, especially like right now. Um, I think as technology changes and as as education changes and as we really start getting that information out there, I think we are we are continuously trying to grow and improve. Um, you know, even in terms of like switching out um, light bulbs to be LED, like simple little things like that, being more energy efficient. Um, we we actually participate in a program with our local uh, electricity provider that we you know are able to help um, during uh, like the summer. We We'll actually curb our um, our production, our, our consumption. Sorry, we'll curb our consumption during those times to help. Um, and so we do a lot of things in terms of you know still being able to function, but also helping and, and, and trying to be more sustainable. Um, even in the way we water our fields, you know, we use rainwater. We use the water that's collected at that pond and those kinds of things. So I think you know we've definitely made some really good steps. Um, one of the things we did. In Goes, we actually have, actually have some green roofs that we, you know, have installed, and there's um, there's a lot of really cool things that are actually going on kind of behind the scenes that people don't know about. I mean, yeah, that's great that we're doing all that stuff. Like, yay, sustainability, obviously. But <laughs> at the same time, in high school, we live in a nice area. It's like not to realize how much we could be making a difference if we could like change the way we live. And it's just all of this stuff going behind behind the scenes without these people realizing it. I feel like maybe we're missing an opportunity to inform. And I think that's actually, you know, one of the things that we really do have to work on in terms of publicizing and and also retaining. So like when the green groups went in, there was a whole bunch of announcements. We really had like a great conversation about it. But if you weren't at school then, you may not know about them, right? Um, or you know if you weren't in the chapel talk about certain things that we, you know, did or discussed, um, you know, you, you, you didn't get that information. So I think it is kind of interesting. Like there are some schools that do some really interesting things in terms of like signage and placards and things of like, you know, behind this wall, we're collecting rainwater to, you know, water the whatever. And I think that those are kind of interesting things, but I also feel like there's something within that, that people overlook. Um, you know, like you get used to things, you don't do active observation, which is something that I, I really encourage kids to do. Um, I also think it's it's sometimes just selective hearing and selective, um, you know, we're, we have so many things that want our attention every day. So many things, right? And so um, if somebody's going to start talking about like, oh, like we're going to start this project where we're composting, like... People have been saying we've been composting. We have signs across the entire campus center about composting, and there are still people who don't know we compost. Oh, yeah. And so I do think that there is a piece of that, but there's so many things that are demanding our attention that people don't know, not because we haven't been saying or, or putting that information out there, but because they're inundated with information all the time. Um, I think that the other piece of it was, you know, there are so many good things that we do that we take for granted at times, right? Like, you just accept that what you do is, you know, you throw your paper towel away or, 
whatever, right? It's something that you don't necessarily think about it. But when you stop and think about like, oh, I've thrown away 20 paper towels today. And if I put them in this container, they get composted. But if I don't, they go in the trash, right? And it's not necessarily something that we, we always think about. Um, I do think we did a pretty good job in like about two years ago, like changing around how we do recycling and where those those things are placed. And that actually made a big difference of like convenience of like, there is now a recycling bin exactly where I would want it, as opposed to having to walk down the hall to the left through, you know. And so there's pieces like that too that, that we've done, but people don't think about, right? They don't think about like, oh, well, before this, we, our recycling cans were in weird spots and were well-labeled or what have you and so I don't know I think awareness is growing but we're we're asking students to be aware of so many things that like it's just one of a thousand every day that they're thinking about if that makes sense and this is not like trying to excuse it or say that we're not you know it's just something that I, I I'm mindful of when I ask students to think about these things because it it is just like one more thing to think about and I think there are students who this is their thing and it's, they're so passionate about it. And those are the students that are the ones who tend to help create these initiatives and to get the word out, right? Like I could get up there and talk for a month about all of these things, but students will actually love to listen to other students more than they really want to listen to an adult, right? Like, and so I, that's where this the GY Life program I think is so powerful because it's, it's by students, for students, with student voice, student ownership, and student power. And I think that that is pretty pretty meaningful, and I think that that does make a difference. And when students can get behind that, they get behind their fellow students. I mean, yeah, there's been so many projects. Like, I'm just a sophomore. I didn't know probably about, like, 75% of what all those projects you mentioned, because I was like, I wasn't there for I them. I have a list that's, like, over a page long. And not all of them are environmental, but... Yeah, like, no, but know, still. I mean, it's like, like if you look at it, it's it's typically like what, like four projects a year. You know the book buyback program at the end of the year that you can. There's like a book buyback program, so that then they buy you buy back, and then they sell used books from that. Like, oh, is that the website that we go through? I don't know if it's a website. Um, At the end of the school year, like to necessarily be like jewelry did this look at the names uh, applaud but it's just knowing that that happened and and it was yeah. a student thing right like it's a student mm-hmm. thing not that like you know dr law came down and he made a, a decision and then that's just how we are now it's that someone's like hey can we do this i think that this would be good for us and for the environment and everyone's like yeah exactly and like that takes a lot of hard work on the students part because you do have to coordinate with Dr. Locke and, you know, with Mr. Letts and, you know, 
who, so many different people, right? And so it's a big project, but like their kids are getting it done. Yeah. Our, our, our students are getting it done, and I really appreciate that. I'm gonna try to let's. I'm gonna try to switch topics to like the school administration. Okay. Okay. So, I feel like yeah, like what you were saying, student leadership, like it, all of this comes through students. But at the same time, shouldn't we be? Shouldn't the school be doing something itself, or is that something that's like too like not high enough up for them? In terms of making. Like policy, I'm sorry, I just want to clarify the question. Uh, so yes. is it like in terms of making policy, in terms of initiatives, like what what are you looking for in terms of like administration leadership? Just like making changes, yeah, initiatives maybe. But just to see that they actually are like like you know, taking action. Because I feel like every time I hear like a climate or like just any sort of like new thing, it's just like students, we did that. So, I think that this is something that, for me, I think the administration really wants to support our students, right? We're at a school, and the bottom line is, we're there for our students. And so, what students want to do and what students are passionate about are the things that they're going to support, right? And so, I think it's a little I don't I don't don't know the word that I want to use Um, I think it's a little unfair to say that they don't do things and they don't have um, necessarily initiatives because there are things that they have done um, but what they really are are focused on is that that student-centered piece of it and so a lot of the things that have have come up are things that are on their radar that they're working on but when students get involved mm-hmm. it becomes a bigger priority not just through the fact that it's student center but because the students can get the other students on board so when things come down from on high when you know they're saying like this is what we're doing getting support is a lot harder than when it comes from the ground up the support's already starting to be there. And so I think that they they are really um, supportive of those things. And I think that that is the kind of key piece of it. It's not that they don't have their own goals and that they don't have their own things. They, they truly do. And I think, you know, there, there have been times that we have been discussing when we had our sustainability committee meetings, like things that we wanted to do. And the biggest thing that we struggled with was getting students and families on board. So when it starts coming from students and families, those are the things that tend to happen and are successful, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Where other initiatives that we've, we want to do aren't always as successful because we really do need that buy-in. And if people are like, I don't want to recycle and just throw all this stuff in the trash anyway, then we can say that all day, every day, but until we actually follow through with it, it doesn't really matter. And so I think that's kind of where our biggest successes are the ones that come from the students because they're already engaged and want to make it happen. And I think, you know, the administration knows the things that we're up against and they're trying really hard and there are certain things that they do outside of um, 
you know, student initiatives in terms of like working with energy companies and, you know, figuring out what kind of lighting to use and, you know, where to set our thermostat and you know, all of these, like those kinds of things um, that just are. Um, but I do think in terms of making big, big changes and big initiatives, the biggest successes have come from the people who are passionate about them. And not that the administration is not passionate, that without those people who are passionate, it's hard to make change. Yeah. I think it's also just hard as a student to like look at all of the stuff that you know EA does and everything that happens and just you don't know what's going on behind the scenes like you don't know what teachers are doing so you just assume they're doing nothing which is like a bold claim to make <laughs> and that's that's why I think I use the word unfair right like yeah. you you know I don't necessarily know all of the things that my students are doing and they certainly don't know all the things that I'm doing and they don't know everything that you know Mr. Lutz is doing that um you know, your form needs are doing, and it's not that, um, it's not that that's a good or a bad thing, it's just that it's simply how things have to work at times, and so I think, you know, it's, it's important to be mindful of the fact that just because you don't see it in a certain way doesn't mean it's not happening or that they don't care, it's that what they're doing is, this has to be done in a certain way, and, and it is what it is, and, I do think the bottom line is we are student-centered. We care about what you all care about. And I think some of the best things have happened because students have been passionate. And that is the, the key piece um, in making cultural change, right? Is to get that those people who live there to care about it. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of why I think you see all of the biggest things that have happened are because the kids got behind it. Uh, can we talk more about the sustainability committee? I know that we've talked about it, I think, like, briefly, but I don't really remember what it does, to be quite honest. So the sustainability committee hasn't been in a while, um, but it was started um, as we came to this new campus, and we actually had built a fairly uh, sustainable campus in terms of, like, things that we, and issues that we're trying to do and, and things that we're trying to do, um, and, like, the houses on campus that... Um, like Dr. Locke's house and um, Father Gavin's house are built very sustainably um, and they were built up to certain codes uh, that they could have been certified for LEED, which is a whole other like, like, thing that we can talk about later. But um, So they were trying to continue to brainstorm ways in which we could continue this path and be more sustainable. And, um, you know, we had talked about so many different things. Um, you know, we had talked about recycling we talked about k-cups we talked about you know we talked about you know lights and heat and and all of like energy consumption we talked about um solar power we talked about green roofs we talked about um all these kinds of different things and so one once we uh had the gyli students kind of join forces um we were able to really kind of get some traction in terms of some of the things that we wanted to do and and they redefined some of our goals and things that we wanted to do so um you know like they worked with mr nataro to get the water bottle fillers installed um because at first there we were kind of like well like will people use them who knows you know and so we they worked with mr nataro to do a strategic rollout you know and say like okay well let's put like two or three of them 
and let's see if they even get used. And then as we realized, like, oh no, this is like something that people are using. Oh, we need, we, we need more, we need to do. And so um, I think it's been really cool that they've been able to kind of help students focus and strategize um, in, in terms of like kind of figuring out the best ways to do things. And, you know, we haven't met, well, I don't know, it's been a while. <laughs> surprised if like the transportation thing never came up I mean it's just so so like prevalent at EA that was one of the reasons why the no idling signs came up actually we the, the idling signs came out of us having a, a conversation um in terms of uh, that, that committee meeting of like okay well people are going to drive right and they're going to sit in car line for 45 minutes like at least maybe we can get them to not have their car on for 45 minutes yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like, so we were trying to come up with some solutions. So that's actually, I don't know if you've ever seen the no idling signs. Um, I don't know if they, they're they still there, but there were definitely no idling signs for a pretty long time um, in, in our big pickup areas uh, so that we could at least do something, yeah. in, you know, on that front. I mean, yeah, that's the whole problem with transportation, though. It's that it's completely student-based. Like, if people don't want to like carpool then it's over like it's not like you can just put a carpool machine in the school and it's solved <laughs> right it is it's a challenging and complex um issue and 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 so that's where like we need students and we need families to be on board to get excited so how do we do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to figure out. That's why I have like twenty pages of like maybe this, maybe that. Like who knows? Like, but that's something you could bring up to you know Mr. Letts and the forum deans and Dr. Locke and say 
this is this is an issue and it's something that I'm concerned about and I think that that's valid and I think you know if you have other GYLI students backing you not that you can't do it by yourself but as you it's know like large. power in numbers yeah right powers in numbers and say like hey and, and maybe y'all can brainstorm something and really push to get something to, to happen and again this is where that like coming from you and students and a group of really engaged students that's going to look a lot different than if um you know from on high it says you have to have two other students in your car right like that looks very different like yeah. um i just i think that and not that we would ever do that but you know what i mean like <laughs> that would it just be looks fun. different and it feels different and it sounds different and and it means that there are people who do think about it and it, it, they do care and i can tell you fairly certainly that most of the powers you know would say like carpooling is a great solution to so many things like we would love it if people carpooled right i I don't think someone would be like i can't believe you wanted to carpool right like that's not it um but it's how you get people to embrace that and get excited about it I mean, like, yeah, I mean, when you look at EA, like, at least what my parents will always complain about, is this the traffic of, like, a single school? The traffic is brutal. Like, that 7.40 commute along, that, like, it's, it's rough. And the only way to really make it better, aside from staggered start times, would be carpooling. Yeah, my dad always complains about it. He's like, if you're gonna end school at noon, at least end school at 12.35 and 12.30, and like stuff like that. <laughs> but. Yeah, and like, and that, that will help some of the traffic. But not. I think. But it wouldn't help the, the sustainability piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that, that the, the carpooling situation serves us in more than one way like it serves it serves the the community in more than one way and i think you know the more we start thinking about that um and thinking about how it serves our community if we can get people to understand and be excited about it like that that could gain some traction yeah hopefully you know knock on wood and you know what like part of it is and again this goes back to like are you going to always are you going to convince every single human that they should carpool? No, probably not. I mean, that's a great goal. Don't get me wrong. But like, I don't know if that's going to be possible. So what do you consider successful? Like, do you consider having half of the people? If you consider, is it a quarter? Is it three people who's never carpooled before but have decided like they're going to make a difference? Like, what is success? Like, what's your measurement? I don't know if you, you should necessarily put a... Uh, uh, you know, percentage or number on that, but I do think you know, getting people to even think about it and understand it is is part of the success. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I had the whole like portion. I was like, what does success look like? And I'm like, honestly, like imagining it, I'm like anything. Like I'll take anything. Like, like <laughs> I would be shocked if I sat here and said the majority of students started carpooling. Like to be quite honest. I would be surprised to see if like everyone just started doing that because that's just not how kids are wired. It's also hard because our communities are spread out and mm-hmm. you know where people live makes it a little bit more challenging. Like we have people who live in Delaware, we have people who live in Phoenixville, we have people who live in Philadelphia, we have people who live in New Jersey. So you know that also makes it a little bit more challenging in terms of you know we're not all in the same area like where a lot of like if it's a 
public school, you all live within like a certain area of that district. So it may, our community has a unique challenge in that way um, in terms of transportation. Uh, but I do think, you know, there's still ways and there's still things that like, you know, I always even see it like a lot of times kids will leave school together. They may not come to school together, but they leave school together. So like if one transportation piece a day is carpooling, like that's awesome. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, when I was doing my project, though, I had no idea how to incorporate carpooling after school because I'm like, I can't monitor that. Like, I don't know who you're driving home with. Like, that's not something that I can, like, reward. Like, yeah. Like, I can't give you a gold star because I have no <laughs> idea. It's too many people. I mean, I think there's ways to do it. I think it's, you know, it's kind of something that we were doing, like, during um, one of the musical rehearsals. We were, like, having people, like, sign up together or, like, had, like, parents who were, like, I'm willing to take four kids home from this space or whatever, and then kids would sign up and, like, that kind of thing. So that might be something, and, like, sports teams and stuff could do that. Mm -hmm. That's more work for them, but I don't know. It's something to think about. Yeah. I remember that coming up in like middle school once and then nothing ever happened with it. So that's my experience <laughs> with it. <laughs> Except for like, I would carpool with like Elena anyways, like because we live close. So like, that was just like a thing. But that, that, that's what you're doing, right? You're carpooling, yeah. that's perfect. I mean, my favorite thing though, is that with my project is every time I mentioned it to someone, they always give me a new idea and I'm like, nice, I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember that one. <laughs> And like, I'll be like just sitting in the living room. My mom will run in. She's like, I have another idea. Do you want to hear it? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yes. yes. <laughs> it's like, I have questions for you. Like, Go ahead. <laughs> so what do you think is our, our biggest challenge in terms of sustainability? Like getting people to buy in. I mean, there's a lot of reasons, I feel like, but with kids at EA mostly, I feel like it's just people being like, this doesn't affect me, I don't feel like I need to go out of my way to sacrifice anything for something that doesn't affect me personally. So how do you teach someone, and this is something I've actually asked adults to, how do you teach someone that it's important to care about the community, not just yourself. That's something that I don't know. I've, I've been trying to answer. I'm like, how can I make people care? But at the same time, it's like, you can't make everyone care. Like, that's just obvious. Get that off the bat. I don't know. You just have to show them what you see through your perspective and other people's perspective and just hopefully it sticks hopefully they're like maybe i should do something i don't know i mean it sounds not that convincing when i say it but <laughs> i don't know if anybody i don't you know to be clear like nobody has this answer i'm just asking it as a like it's something i've been thinking about a lot right especially like right now um you know we're thinking about like we're taking care of each other by staying home and and you know adhering to guidelines and some people um you know don't necessarily understand why or they're angry why and like i get i get there's a lot of other reasons why it's really hard to just stay at home right now but um you know it's it's from my perspective like this is this is this is a community issue
issue and how do we how do we how do we communicate to other people um, who might be inconvenienced or who might be suffering that this is this is actually also caring about them even though it's hard and caring about each other and that it's a community effort um, and so I'm, I'm it's something that's really been in the forefront of my mind um, in the in like the last I mean it's it's been something I've, I've been thinking about for a very long time as a human being but like in the last few weeks it's just really come to that that piece you know I had an hour conversation with my best friend last night about like how do you how do you tell people that like you need to care about each other like that's that's that and it, it, like, I don't I don't know how to do that like I mean I, I do my best to be clear but like I don't know what that looks like in terms of like really truly getting through to the people who and, and some of them are doing it out of also being you know being hurt by whatever's happening right like maybe not having access to something or whatever but it, how do you how do you how do you also set up a system in which you support those people who are suffering or who need something and, and can't necessarily I don't know it's been a it's been a weird thing that I've been thinking about lately yeah I mean like that's a very like you know loaded question there's no <laughs> there's no like real answer like you know one answer to that but when I think so I remember when this first happened, I was annoyed and I was like, whatever, I'm, I'm young, I'm, I'm healthy, it's fine. And I had that kind of mentality. And then I started to think about it and then, well, I learned more statistics and I was like, oh, that, that, maybe I shouldn't, you know, like maybe I should care a little more. And then I just kept going back to like my grandparents, like family friends that are like at, like, at risk, like really at risk. And I'm like, nope not gonna risk it for them. Nope, staying inside. Like, I'm not gonna do anything stupid. Yeah. Like, how do we get everyone there? Exactly. Because, like, we all start, I think we all started off, like, eh, I'll be fine, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, you have to, like, grieve the loss of your, your kind of freedom, pretty much, you know, and grieve the loss of the things that you're not doing, and then once you do all of that, you start to really process it. Like, how do you get everyone to that point where you're like, no, I really do need to do this, or in terms of being sustainable, like, no, I really need to take care of this earth because we've got one of them, and, like, maybe I won't be on the, this earth forever, but, like, other people will be. <laughs> like, yeah. And, like, because I have access to clean water, like, it doesn't matter. But, like, the people who don't have to access to clean water, well, that's their own problem. Like, yeah. I, how do you get people to, to, to care about that? I don't, this is, this is me, I, yeah. like, again, I don't have an answer, this is just something I've really been struggling with, and I think that's the piece of it, right, that really is the key to making change, is to get a critical mass of people to care about it, Yeah. and a critical mass of people who can enact change. Yeah. If you can do that at EA, right, then then that's a thing, right? So that's how a lot of those things came to be. So now you need to do that around carpooling. Wow. <laughs> how do you do it? I don't know. <laughs> don't worry, neither do I. But it's something to really consider and think about, right? And, and don't think that it's impossible. That's the other key piece of it. 
change is possible. It is not impossible. Um, it's just something like I think that we we always just like oh well people just do it or people just won't do it. One of those two things, and I don't think that that's how we can look at it. People might be able to do it in a small way, or do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know. Just things to think about. If if you are you really gonna take that project to like the powers that be? Maybe. Yes. I mean, like, what's stopping me? Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? A no? Uh, oh, it didn't work well? Like, I don't know. I think that that's a good attitude. I mean, I, I know. I will serve so. you well. I mean, I know that, like, carpooling, like, you know, like, just transportation in general, yay, it's not like a one-fix-all thing, but, like, sometimes you just gotta try. Yeah, <laughs> you do. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. tuning in. This has been A Look Into Climate Change. I'm Carolyn Madeira, and remember, change starts with you.